Welcome to History Makers. I am Matt Prater. We are talking to Paul Coleman and Grant Norsworthy from the Paul Coleman Trio. They've just reunited. They've just released a new single, which has hit the airwaves recently. I don't know why. Uh, they are definitely uh, some of the best Christian musicians we have seen in this country and all over the world. Uh, you may have heard some of their music on uh, on radio stations. So- songs like Turn, like Run. Uh, they even actually had Turn, was on Oprah years ago. I don't know if you saw that on Oprah. They are absolute legends. Welcome to History Makers, guys. G'day. Hey, thanks a lot. Hey, uh, you said something pretty fine just before. I don't know if you realise. Yeah. And we're playing a new single. I don't know why. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know why we're playing it. <laughs> That's good. I like it. That was good. Uh, yeah, yeah I, I, I actually planned that. Yeah. Now tell us why have you got back together after all these years? What's what's the purpose? What's the reason behind it all? Um, it's really all about the money, actually. <laughs> oh, come on. It's um, you know we're all in financial trouble, and we just figured this might bail us out. What do you think? <laughs> I think it's because you've got a heart for the gospel, and you want to get the good news out on the airwaves. Isn't that it? Oh, all right. You're right. <laughs> no, it's, um, it, it kind of happened um, serendipitously, which I know is a rather syllabic word for a uh, monosyllabic word for a musician. But, um, yeah, it was Easter Fest, really. We've got we've got them. Oh, sorry. I just broke the piano. <laughs> sorry, I was, I was recording something on our album when, and I just went on it. And uh, anyway, um, yeah, Easter Fest are really to blame. They asked us to put the band back together and then, um, well, we kind of enjoyed ourselves. And now here we are releasing a record, a DVD, doing a national tour, getting quite carried away with it. And you have to say, Matt, that, uh, you know, when we, when we had this break that started in 2004, there was this sense, I think, for all of us, varying degrees, that there was unfinished business, more creativity that could come out of us and more to say, more to sing about, more to do. And I'm so glad we get a chance to do it now. Well, I'm so excited that you're coming out. You're going to be playing at Easter Fest here in in, uh, in Queensland, doing a national tour. Um, tell us, do you miss home? You guys are both based in the states. Do you miss Australia? Yes, yes, very. Don't, don't make us cry. <laughs> what do you miss no, the most? Well, just underneath the food would be my family. Um, <laughs> so it sort of goes for me: meat pies, fish and chips, and then my mum and dad. Really, I mean, don't tell them I said that, but. Um, no, we just met, we miss the people, we miss the landscape, we miss the culture, we miss the food. There's a different place to like it back home in Australia that I think would suit us both pretty well. But, you know, it's good to be here too. We love being in America and American people are good. They get a bad rap, I think. Don't you think, Paul? Yeah, we're here to love on them because somebody's got it because no one else seems to at the moment. But we do miss home. The, the purpose of History Makers is uh, to get people to share their stories and testimonies, but also to, to share the gospel, you know. And I don't know if you know, but this show goes on 55 stations in Australia and uh, several around uh, the Pacific Rim. And I always like to make sure we ask uh, our guests, what is the gospel or uh, how would you share the gospel with our listeners? Um, so I don't know if, if Paul or, or Grant or both of you want to share. Tell us, what do you believe the gospel is? What is the good news that, uh, that we proclaim? Well, I, I never went to seminary, and uh, and I've never studied any sort of um, academic theology. But my understanding is theology is the study of God, and I've studied him a fair bit. And I would say, and maybe I'm wrong, but I'd say the gospel is is not 
the story, the gospel is actually Jesus himself. He's the gospel. That if he wanted to die um, in a guillotine in 1789, that's what we'd probably be wearing around our neck. Um, The gospel is him. The gospel is Jesus himself. And that he came to reveal God to us so that we look at Jesus and we know what God's like. And he was the greatest lover of all of history and took all the awful things I've done upon himself so that I could be connected with God. And this is why it's called the good news because I do not, uh, I cannot, I can't live the life that I want to live. I can't get connected. I can't get rid of my shame and I can't uh, find true love on, in this world through things and through people if there's something totally missing and to me God is that thing that's missing he is the one that made me he knows He knows the whole deal and so even though we refer to the gospel as Jesus came died for us to me he he is the gospel he himself and um, and I am so glad that there is something more than what I see around me that I can call upon I'll give you a, a, a fresh example of I had my um, I had my kids over in my studio on the weekend. Um, my wife was out doing other things, and I I was kind of angry about some things in my heart. I was actually hurt, and I suddenly heard myself being angry with my kids, and I saw that it was hurting them. And so I called them over to the couch and I said, "Kids, I got to talk to you about something." And Daddy's really hurt. My kids are nine and seven. I said, "Daddy's really hurt," and when I'm usually hurt, I can hear myself being angry. Have you guys noticed me being angry? And my youngest one started to sob on my chest. And the older one who um, doesn't respond that way sort of just was looking at me. And, and I said, oh, I've just really been angry, and it's because I'm upset about some things, and I do not want to be angry, and I do not want to hurt you. And I said, and guys, here's the deal. I need you to pray for me. Uh, I need you to pray for me and ask God to change me and come into my life more than he is. And so um, my kids both said little very simple prayers. Um, Ellie, my youngest, my seven-year-old, said, God, come into where, where Daddy's upset and take it away. Anyway, there was, there was literally a change of atmosphere in the room. I felt it. And I spoke to the kids the rest of the day, and I said, did you, did you really notice something different? And they're like, yeah, I really did. To me, that's the gospel. I, I can't get that from a magazine or logging onto a website or just going for a walk or playing a game of golf or picking up my favorite guitar. I can't get a, I can't, I can't fix myself. I can't heal myself and I can't rely on myself solely for love. And to me, I don't need some, I don't need to use example from a year ago. That was yesterday. And that to me is the gospel. Jesus is alive. God is alive and he loves us. And, and he saves us, and we can call upon him. So for me, that might not be the right words, or it might not be academically correct, but for me, when you ask me that, that's what I say. And he doesn't have an accent or a colour of skin, and he's everywhere. You don't have to be in a church building. You can be on the toilet and talk to him. You can be upset. You can be angry. You can be livid. You can be joyful. You can speak English, Swahili. You can speak anything. He listens. He understands. Uh, whether you're gay, whether you're straight, whether you're black, white, male, female, he, there's nothing that can separate us from the love of God that's in Christ Jesus. And, uh, and he's got rules and he's got judgments, but he is the one that enforces that and not us. So the gospel is this message of grace 
and of love, and I need it desperately. How's that? Paul, that is one of the best uh, messages I've heard about Jesus. Good on you, mate. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. Grant, did you want to have a bash at it as well? Very, very much in line with what Paul said, the gospel so easily by those who follow Jesus or call themselves Christian is misunderstood, I think, to be the story about Jesus. We might even call the gospels Matthew, Mark, Luke and John, but I agree with Paul that the gospel is Jesus himself. The way I understand Jesus is not something that can have a pat answer to every situation. I think at one, one point you were saying that, how do, you know, how do we share this gospel? You know, what, what do we do? And the only, the only way I can share the gospel is actually to get out of the way. And what I mean by that is I need to allow Jesus himself to flow through my life. That's how I'll share the gospel. That's how Jesus will become more present in, in this earth and in my relationships by me getting out of the way. You know, when Jesus says, greater love has no man than when he lays his life down for his brother, I think he means get out of the way. When he says, if you want to be my disciple, carry your own cross, I think he's saying get out of the way. When uh, the Apostle Paul says, I've been crucified with Christ, it's no longer I that lives, but Christ that lives in me, I think he's saying get out of the way. When he says uh, in Romans 12, 1, uh, be a living sacrifice, he means get out of the way. Lay my life down so that the actual life of Jesus can flow through me. Um, and that's the gospel being shared. That is what the gospel is. It's this life-sustaining uh, presence of God himself that fills my chest cavity when I'm not there anymore, when I'm being poured out. That's the gospel. Well, guys, you have both just shared some of the most profound, um, powerful messages I've ever heard on this radio show. Thank you so much for uh, your honesty with us today. Thank you for your fun, and uh, thanks for your seriousness. It's like serious fun. It's awesome. Thank you for sharing that with us, guys. That's a really good name for an album. Yeah. <laughs> I've got it at home, actually. It's Paul Commentary, a great band. I've got a bunch of them. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> Can I have one? Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll, burn it. I'll burn it. No, don't for, do that. No, I can because I partly own it. Yeah, that's not. You know, we're we're actually thrilled to get around the country um, and reunite with friends and meet new fans and friends. And we've always said, even though we don't understand why God chose a bunch of fellas like us, uh, imperfect, whatever. But you can bring your favourite priest and your favourite atheist to this show, and at the end of it, they'll probably both say, "You know, I can't believe I'm saying this, but I've rather enjoyed that." <laughs> Because it's fun, and and yet, you know, I think we talk about our faith in, a, in an honest way, but we we can't even change ourselves, so we're not really going to try and smash anyone over the head with the Bible and try and change them. But I know that something happens when we play, and I can only describe it as... Um, how do I describe it, Grant? It's the gospel. Right, yeah, thanks. That's why it's here. And I get to the end of a sentence, and I don't know what to say. But I hate it when people finish my sentences for me. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, we're going to have a good time, man. We really are. And, and it's great that you're doing this um, this radio program. I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that appreciate it. Um, you know, like you said, around the Pacific Rim, boy, it'd be fun to get out there, wouldn't it? I wish I was intelligent enough to know exactly what the Pacific Rim was. Um, <laughs> I thought it was a type of tyre that you put on your car. You know, I, I thought it was oh, a, oh, that's a specific rim. For a particular car. Yeah, for a particular car. Well, is, what, it, is it like the edge of the Pacific Ocean? Like, what is... I mean, I know all the countries up there by heart, but what what exactly is the Pacific Rim? What is it? 
History Makers has played in Papua New Guinea, Solomon Islands, Tonga, uh, Philippines, some stations in the States or on the West Coast, Hawaii, you know, those kind of... That's the Pacific Rim all around, and Australia, and in New Zealand, yeah. Oh, yeah. I get you. Oh, Pacific Rim, of course the Pacific Rim. I, I thought you said the Dibbling thing. <laughs> well, yeah, the Pacific Ocean and all those little islands. Yeah, all those, like when Nemo... Yeah, Nemo yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, you know, I played soccer with a guy when I was growing up from Tonga, and I really miss him. He was a good fella. Mm. I really loved him so much that I can't remember his name. <laughs> his name is Peter. Peter the Tonga. Peter, if you're listening, this is Paul Coleman. We played soccer together, and you were such a better player than me, and I probably should have told you, but I was a bit proud and slightly embarrassed, but you were amazing. <laughs> probably still is. Yeah, probably is. We've been talking about ourselves for seven hours. It's like reverse therapy. <laughs> what, do you, what do you call the gospel? What do I call the gospel? Yeah, what's the gospel? I call the gospel uh, exactly what you guys are talking about, Jesus. Uh, you know, I've been um, pastoring a church here for five years in Brisbane, and uh, I see every kind of person under the sun turn up at my church. You know, drug addicts, homeless people, uh, wealthy business people, uh, international students from all over the world, and they come in and... Uh, the slogan for our church is for people interested in God but not in religion. And uh, so people come along and they ask, what does that mean? And uh, we just do life with them. We just, you know, we, we talk about the Word of God. We have worship, you know, all the stuff that churches do. But we just do life with people. And when I see people's lives transformed, when they get set free from their drugs, when they get healed of their sicknesses, when they um, get a purpose and a, and a vision for their life, you know, that's... That's what the gospel is all about. It's Jesus coming into someone's life and transforming them, lifting them up out of the miry clay. Um, you know, the, the word salvation means to be set free from slavery. That's what that's what the gospel is. People set free from the stuff of the world and uh, becoming what they were actually created to be. You know, someone who's filled with the Spirit of God and uh, living the life that God created them to live. You know, that's what the gospel is to me. What do you, what do you reckon? Yeah, I like it. What he, what he said. And slavery can be self, wouldn't you agree? You know, slave to our own desires to try and make ourselves happy or to achieve certain goals or to make enough money or to have a good enough life or a hot enough wife or that right to behave kids or, you know, that, that, that's, 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 that's a slavery as well. Yeah. That's so true. I love all those, those verses you quoted about dying to yourself and being a living sacrifice, all those things. That That's really what the gospel's about too, turning from your own... Uh, way of doing things and doing things God's way. It's, it's a massive change, isn't it? I, I only connected with that thought, you know, only a handful of years ago, and I was raised in the church. And this idea that when Jesus is saying, you know, die to live, that's what he means. Not a physical death, but an actual death to my willfulness, my pride, my selfishness, you know, my, my drivenness to, to do what I think I want to do in my life. But we still have these words like this in our... Christian culture. I invited Jesus into my life. You know, I went to a website for a big church in the States here today, and it said something like, come along to our church and live your life to the fullest. You know, that your life's going to be so amazing if you come to our church. It's like, really? Isn't Jesus actually asking me to actually lay down my life, be a living sacrifice? Isn't a sacrifice something that has to die? Where's the, where's the death? It's not really a good marketing campaign, though. Great. Yeah, Die to Live doesn't sell the soccer no. market, I suppose, but, but it's still the truth of the gospel, right? It's fun to journey together and all this stuff. Like One of the things that's been interesting for us not being a band is some of the things that we've ended up doing on our own. Um, I, for one, feel like um, Grant's really got some stuff. Like He's been saying some stuff to me over the last few months as we've been hanging out that really is um, 
really affecting me, and I think God's given him some um, some some clarity on some things that uh, need to be heard. And so, one of the things I'm hoping that happens from this tour is that maybe um, maybe he gets a bit more of an opportunity to do some of his own thing, which is called Grant Northworthy Word and Song, and uh, he's been travelling around to to talk to people groups all around the place about the things that God put on his heart. And he's a bit of a salmon swimming upstream now, Grant. You know, he's not he doesn't try to be different, but I think maybe when he passes on at the ripe old age of hundred and forty four He'll still look 40. You should have Grant come and speak at your church, mate. Serious. Absolutely. Well, I've been stalking Grant on Facebook for about a year now, and I remember when he launched Grant Norsworthy Word and Song and heard about it, and I thought, geez, I would love to connect with him again. So I'll be at Easterfest, boys. Make sure we have a coffee together. You should talk to Grant's agent. Yeah. Who's that? You are right now. Oh, right. <laughs> so we just need to talk money and we're good. We're so excited about being back and um, it's all summed up in this first song, you know that? I don't know why you love me, but you do. And we're amazed by that and amazed by the fun of just being together and making music and seeing what happens out of it. And it's, it's really quite fun. People saying to us, so what does that mean? The band's back together? And what are you doing now? And we're like, uh, is it okay to say we have no idea? We know we're doing this tour and we know we're making a record on the DVD, but we don't really know what's happening after that. Whatever the next uh, step of the journey is, we'll be with you because I reckon you're some of the best songwriters, most entertaining performers. And, uh, you know, after our interview today, you know, it's confirmed for me once again, you've got some of the best hearts in the industry. And uh, we, we, uh, we want to honour you guys, your, your top Aussie history. Thanks for joining us on History Makers, guys. God bless. No worries, mate. Thanks, mate. See you, bye. If you'd like to download this interview, just go to www.historymakersradio.com. And also, you can make a donation if you'd like. I'm Matt Prater. Have a great week. History Makers.